0: Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for the sixth Sunday after Epiphany is by Pastor Luke Bernthal of St. Stephen Lutheran Church, serving Mountain View and Hayward, California. Our theme is, Let Us Boast in the Lord, based on the text of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is our wisdom and our strength, dear fellow redeemed. The text for our meditation and application to our daily walk of faith is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter one. We'll read verses 26 through 31. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. These are the words of our Lord. Let us pray. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Let me see a show of hands. How many rocket scientists do we have with us here this morning? How many four-star generals? Anyone? How many mayors do we have at church today? Governors, congressmen, congresswomen? Any members of royalty here in church with us today? None? Well, apparently we have something in common with the church Of Paul's day, the church that was located in Corinth. Many of them were what we would describe as probably just ordinary people like you and me. As Paul says in the first verse of our text, he says, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Doesn't mean that there weren't intelligent people in Paul's congregation in Corinth, just like there are many intelligent people, gifted people here in our congregation today, blessed by God in incredible ways. But this general observation of Paul is true still today. Think of the people who control the media in our country. How many movie stars, entertainers, billionaire industry leaders, how many world-renowned scholars are Bible-believing, church-going Christians? There are some. There are some, no doubt. But like Paul said, not many. When we look at our small Lutheran church body, when we look at our small Lutheran church, we quickly realize that there are not many among us who are wise according to worldly standards, not many who are powerful, not many who are of noble birth so from a worldly perspective those facts could give us a pretty severe inferiority complex but our glory our confidence our trust our boast is not in our intelligence our might or our nobility in the sight of the world if that were the case we would have no reason to boast No, we glory in someone and in something far greater. Our boast, our glory is in the one who by his grace has made us numbered among the wisest and most powerful people ever to walk the face of the earth. The Lord, our creator, our redeemer, our comforter, he is our glory, in him we boast. Therefore, let us boast in the Lord. We boast in the wisdom of his, quote unquote, foolishness, and we boast in the strength of our weakness. It's very easy to fall into the trap of placing too high a value on the wisdom of this world. It's easy to do because that wisdom is so useful. It's important. It is often essential to our everyday lives. If we don't have enough degrees on the wall, however, we sometimes feel like we aren't valuable enough or important enough. Or we can become intimidated by the intellectuals of our world who look down on us because they see us as being simple-minded for trusting in Jesus or closed-minded for following the words of Scripture as the one source of truth and life. And yet, this is not how the Bible talks about the wisdom of the world. Again, there are many things we can learn from secular teachers that are very important in our lives. In our lives, They're very important to do and accomplish things in this life. But that's as far as that wisdom goes. That's where it ends, in this life. The only true wisdom that will carry on into eternity is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of salvation found in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Don't expect the unbelieving world to value that kind of wisdom. However, it's not going to give you a raise in pay if you tell them that you believe in Jesus, or likely won't. Paul says just a few verses before our sermon text, these words, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Worldly opinion does not and cannot change the value of God's wisdom of salvation in our savior, Jesus. One Lutheran scholar once wrote, humanity has never saved a single soul. Divinity alone can do that. The beauties of art, the discoveries of science, the charms of music, the attractions of the drama, the speculations of philosophy, none of these has ever brought true peace to a single sinner's soul not in all the ages that have passed. Only one thing can do that, the foolishness of the preaching of the cross of Christ. All the wisdom of the world is shown in the end to be foolishness, since in reality it can't even answer the great questions of life that are asked by every single soul at some point in their life. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? Those questions are asked by every single person at some point in their life in some way, and yet the one thing that the world tries to answer, they can't. Only one thing can do that, and that is the foolishness, again of the gospel message of the cross of Christ Jesus. God shows what is foolish in the world, To shame the wise. Only the Bible can answer those questions about that truth. So Paul goes on to say that in that same verse, God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. He chose the foolish things to shame the wise. He chose the weak things to shame the strong. And think of how God has used that as method of operation throughout history. You can Think of countless examples, but a few from scripture come to mind. God choosing a shepherd boy, David, to kill a mighty giant with a sling and a stone. And then he raised up that shepherd boy to become the mighty king of Israel. We might even say Israel's mightiest king. Worldly wisdom and common sense would have told David to just turn tail and run the moment he realized that armor that he tried on of Saul's wasn't going to fit. This was not going to go well He should just leave. Think of God's very own son, Jesus. The one by whom all things were made was born in a cattle barn to a young virgin and a lowly carpenter. Worldly wisdom and common sense would have had Jesus born in a palace to the king of Israel. But the king at that time wasn't not only interested in Jesus, he wasn't interested in letting this newborn king live. In his ministry, Jesus chose 12 closest followers to be made up of ordinary men, like Galilean fishermen, or despised men like the tax collector, Matthew. Worldly wisdom and common sense would have had Jesus pulling from the highest ranks of the religious elite the ones who were the greatest intellectuals, the the Bible scholars of that time. Instead, those same Pharisees and religious leaders were the ones who put Jesus to death and opposed him. Even God's very own words. They don't come to us written across the sky in blazing, flaming letters, but he comes to us in that still, small voice of the gospel. And we ourselves, even though we are few in number, we are unassuming and ordinary in the eyes of the world, by ourselves we are weak. We would say we are, in a sense, nobodies. But with Christ, the Bible tells us we are more than conquerors. When and only when we humble ourselves and realize and admit our weakness and our helplessness, then we can be filled with Christ's might. Then we can become like David who picked up the sling and those five smooth stones by faith. We can be like Mary and Joseph who trusted God's promises despite literally the impossible. We can be like Jesus' disciples who were filled with the Holy Spirit's wisdom and zeal after they witnessed for themselves Jesus' resurrection ascension. Let us therefore boast in the strength of our weakness. Paul tells us that God has chosen these foolish things and these weak things so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So no matter how powerful, influential, intelligent we are or, or are not in the eyes of the world, Our glory and our boast can never be in ourselves or in our own flesh. Of ourselves, we are sinful. We're lost. We're headed to an eternally dreadful end. But as Paul reminds us in our text, because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption. We can boast in God's wisdom of salvation which he has given to us through faith in Christ. We can boast in the righteousness of Christ that we have been clothed with by his shed blood on the cross, which has sanctified us and made us holy in God's sight. We can boast that we have been redeemed, bought back from our sure destruction Of eternal death into the loving arms of our Heavenly Father. You are in Christ Jesus. It's a phrase that may have just kind of blown by as we read our text today, but think of those words of Paul, you are in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds us of that in our text and it should remind us that we as believers in Christ then are among the wisest and most blessed people this earth. We have God's wisdom of salvation to answer those burning questions of life. Who am I? Well by nature I am a sinner, a condemned sinner, but I am a condemned sinner who has been fully and freely forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Where did I come from? I am fearfully and wonderfully made by my creator, God himself. Where am I going and how am I going to get there? But like all people, one day I will die. But after death, I am headed for eternal life in heaven thanks to Jesus, thanks to his perfect life, his innocent sacrifice on the cross and his victorious resurrection from the dead. You are in Christ Jesus. That fact, dear Christians, also makes us among the most important and powerful people on this earth. Through faith in Christ, we are made the sons and daughters of God, our Heavenly Father, God Himself. He cares for us, He loves us as His very own, as His very own sons and daughters. That also means, as his sons and daughters, we bear his name. He wants us to represent that good name of his among the people of this world. And to do so, he has given us his very own words. He has enabled us, who are nobodies, with the words that can change lives, words that can melt hearts of stone, words that can give peace forgiveness, and eternal life to dying souls. There is nothing more powerful than that. If we let our own wisdom or our own strength get in the way, we will fail then at wielding this tremendous power. But when we boast in the Lord, when we find our glory in Him, in His wisdom and His strength, we can do all things amen. And that peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by Mail. Visit clclutheran.org for more information. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.